Hi, I'm Pastor James, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church in Hillsborough, Oregon. Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. Our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so each weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please visit our website at www.isunrise.com, I-S-O-N-R-I-S-E.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you, grow along the journey of life with others, develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost, and then learn how to lead other people to know Jesus Christ. Now, on to our weekend message. So, I got up this morning and I shaved my beard, and I found out that there was more hair from shaving my beard than when my wife shaved my head two days ago. Yeah, that was, that was kind of like a, oh wow, I'm getting old. Um, <clears throat> things change, things change as you get older, not just in the physical life, but in the spiritual life. And I can remember when I was a young kid, I watched the movie Rocky. Okay, who's seen that movie? I'm sure a lot of us have. If you haven't, it's worth watching. It's a great, it's a great classic. But, but, uh, after watching that, you know, my brothers, I've got four brothers and, and, you know, a lot of friends and we were all into sports. We started making the one thing in our routine for our workouts in the weight room and doing the sports that we're doing. We would drink raw eggs. Uh huh? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we had to, you know, we had to down at least two eggs, you know. Uh, and we made this concoction of chili with tuna, Tabasco, and we made this amazing uh, protein meal for ourselves, okay? Because they didn't have all the protein mixes back then. And so we, we made our own. And, and these were the things we had to do. Like, we were, you know, we were going to be awesome. Um, now, the, what do I do? I got to have my coffee, my probiotic. My multivitamin, you know, it's all changed. I'm like, what happened to me? Um, but things change as we get older. And we start to need different things that we think are going to help us with life or help us through the day, help us be the best we can be, help us get through. And uh, in the psalm, Psalm 27, we see David really later in his life writing a psalm about the one thing. That he's discovered. And he's really writing this psalm to teach. Um, David had a real passion for God. He, he started early in life writing songs as a shepherd and just worshiping God. He just had such a heart for God. That's why God chose him to be the king. The Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And we looked at the candidates for king in Israel at that time. He saw a man, a young man, who had such a heart for him. He said, that's the one I want to be king. That's the man I'm going to use. So David started off really strong, making his life centered around God and knowing God and worshiping God. He wrote a lot of songs, even as a young man. It's really cool. He meditated on God's um, beauty and God's amazing qualities. A lot of the Psalms are powerful that way. They just kind of give us different uh, metaphors for God's invisible attributes that are so incredible. And so we see David spent a lot of time thinking about God and his word, loving God. That's why God chose to use him. And uh, and then, you know, David kind of forgot that. He got older and maybe 
I lost sight of how important that was. And then got kind of involved with Bathsheba and murder and all kinds of things. And, uh, and it's a sad story, isn't it? But, but I think we can all relate to it at some measure. We all, uh, you know, can get kind of like older in our walk with God. We kind of maybe lose that passion for Him. We get kind of look into other things. God gets crowded out a little bit. And so this psalm is kind of trying to bring us back to the truth that God, our time with Him every day, is the one thing we can't live without. And that's my prayer for you as you leave today. That you'll see in this psalm that you can't live without time with God, more time with God, more intimate time with God in your life. And so let's take a look at that. Psalm 27. If you got your Bibles, um, I'm going to be using the NASB. If you got your phones, you can, you can um, pull up that version to follow along. And uh, let's just read through this together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord, one thing that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me upon a rock. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Then he moves to first person. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you. Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me. O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me. But the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on a level path. Because of my foes, do not deliver me over to the desires of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Wow. This is packed, you guys. Um, the word of God is so powerful. It's living. And I believe today God is going to speak to some of your hearts and it's going to change your life. It's going to give you power to get back to the one thing. Get back to your secret sauce as a Christian.
This is your secret sauce. This is what makes you different than everyone else in the whole world. Is that because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice in our place, we can actually come firsthand into the presence of God. We can meet with God and God can be with us and he can be in us. And that's a great gift. That's a great gift. There are so many people in this world who are living and going through life on their own. On their own. Everything's on their own. They don't have God in their life. They don't have that assurance. They don't have that confidence. And that's why there's so many terrible things happening. Because when people don't have God, they turn to all kinds of things to survive. And they're vulnerable to all kinds of things to survive. And we don't have to be that way. Let's take a look. Right here in Psalm 27, David starts off focusing on his confidence. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is his light. The Lord is showing him the way. The Lord is making things clear. Does life get confusing? Does sometimes we need some light showing on a situation? Yeah, I think probably every day, right? It's like, man, I don't know what this person's saying. I don't know what I should do. I don't know what's going on with my spouse, my kid. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. God's just not showing us what's going on. And what's right, but he's saving. He's our salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's contemplating. Whom shall I fear? He's thinking about his fears. He's saying, gosh, if God is my light, he's going to guide me and he's going to save me and he's pretty much got me. Then do I really have to be afraid? He's making a declaration. The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? These are statements of confidence from the past, too, aren't they? He's been my defense. He's been my light. He's been my salvation. He goes on, when evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. There's so many stories. That's what's beautiful about the Psalms is we have David's life before. And then we get to kind of see how he was interacting with God in the midst of all these crazy things. And it helps us because we can do the same. And so we see David was rescued in so many different occasions by God, miraculously. You know, with Goliath, with, uh, you know, there was times when he was in a cave and, and Saul's army was around him and, and God put them to sleep. God put him in a deep sleep. David could go down in the camp and, and tear off a piece of Saul's garment and do all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things where it was like God was totally with David. And he really just, he couldn't be killed. He couldn't be defeated. And, um, and so David saw firsthand. Faith comes by hearing. We've got to start there. We've got to hear about God. Today, some of you are hearing about God. Maybe God's speaking to you. Um, but then confidence comes from acting out in your faith. You're not going to grow confident until you start trusting God with things. Until you start moving into your day and giving things to God and then see that God comes through. Because, you know, God's plan for all of us is that we'd be able to say the same thing that David's saying. He wants us to be in this place. 
Why? Because David is actually sharing about the greatness of God from real life, from his own life, and he's inviting people into that. That's how he ends. He's saying, hey, God's word's that. You should trust in, in God too. And, and it comes from his confidence because he's seeing God show up. And maybe some of you, maybe you've, you've, you've had faith, but you really haven't trusted God in your life to have those testimonies. Or maybe you've forgotten those testimonies. Maybe you need to go today after church and, and, and sit down after lunch and spend a little time writing out some things that God has done. And remind yourself, okay, he's done this for us. Now that we're facing this, we need to trust him too. And sometimes that's a great help to us. David sort of is showing us that. He's, he's kind of modeling that for us. He's kind of thinking back. Look what God's done for me. We need to do that. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise up against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. And so David spends some time thinking about what God has done, who God is. And that's how he starts his, his time here, his song to God here. And then he gets into, really, how can he have this confidence? Where did he have the ability, the faith, to trust God in those situations? Here it is. One thing I have asked the Lord that I shall seek. The one thing that I shall seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This one thing. If you're going to ask God for one thing. I mean, that's almost impossible, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of things. There's like a hundred things. Uh, sometimes that's what our prayer is, is sort of taken up with, is, is all these things. Uh, my wife and I, we try to pray together and, you know, we always run out of time. We always, we never run out of things to pray for, right? And it's like, man, we could be praying all day. We got so many people we care about, so many things going on. <clears throat> and David is saying, hey, there's one thing I've asked the Lord. There's one thing that's a continual prayer of mine. There's one thing that I keep seeking every day. There's one thing that I seek. There's one thing that if I'm going to make time in my day, I want to make sure I have this one thing. And that's my time with God. Look, that's what he says. He says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I wouldn't miss a day. All the days. God, God, don't let me miss a day with you, God. Don't let me miss even a single day where I don't enter your presence, where I don't really spend time with you, where I'm thinking about you. Why? Well, because I behold his beauty, and I'm able to meditate in his temple. Because in the day of trouble, he'll conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he'll hide me, and he'll lift me up on a rock. Because when I spend time with God... He lifts my head above my enemies around me. Because when I spend time with God, He gets bigger and my problems get smaller. And that's really a way you can live. Either you're going to live where you're focused on all this and, and, and it gets bigger and bigger and you get less and less effective in life because it's proven fact when you're stressed, when you're anxious, you can't be yourself. You can't be the person you want to be. You can't see clearly. And then God becomes like this. God becomes like you. He be, you start to make God in your own image. We naturally make God in our own likeness. And He's just as limited as we are. 
That's why we need the revelation of God's word. That's why David continually says throughout the Psalms, meditate day and night on the word of God. The one who prospers in all he does, he meditates day and night on the words of God. He, he lets himself continually come back so his mind can be renewed on who God really is and how awesome God is. And then guess what happens when God is huge? Problems get small. We were at Fort Stevens and we're going through the, the little uh, rooms there in the dark and the concrete, you know, and, and I got a little five-year-old daughter and, you know, she's kind of walk with me. She's fine. She's excited. Then we get into the darker, you know, cavities of the fort and she starts cleaning, you know, and she starts saying, daddy, daddy, you know, you know, put me on your shoulders, shoulders, shoulders. So I give in, of course, you know, I put her on my shoulders. Then she's like, woohoo, yeah, it's awesome, you know, and she's trying to chase the other ones with the light and she's, you know, it's like in a whole other world. And I was just thinking, you know, that's just a picture of what God intends. We talk about this, but to be a follower of Jesus means to be a child of God. Those who believe in him, who receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. And we forget that we're just children. And we try to be adults and we try to handle life ourselves, don't we? And we just, we start putting it on ourselves. And you know what? My little five-year-old wasn't meant to go through those dark rooms by herself. She's not equipped for that. She's not geared for that. But she is geared to sit on daddy's shoulders and be able to enjoy those dark passages and be able to just be fine. Because daddy's there. Daddy's big. Daddy's bigger than anything that's going to be in those rooms. That's, that's the mindset of a child, isn't it? Hey, if I'm on daddy's shoulders, I'm fine. And that's God's view for us. That we would be on his shoulders, that we would be in his hands. He gives us all these pictures, that we would be hidden in the secret place, that we would be protected in his tabernacle, that we'd be near him. And then the armies and the enemies, they don't have a chance. They're fighting against God, not against us. And that's exactly what the scriptures teach us. Our battle is not our own battle. It's the Lord's. Because we belong to him. Our enemies are his enemies. Our fight is his fight. And we're going to give you a chance today to realign yourself with God. And say, God, I want to give my battles over to you. I want to give everything back over to you. I want to give myself back over to you. You can do it today in the service. But you can also make a new commitment to do it every day. Because you know what? We already know. We don't have to come to this church building to be in the sanctuary. Because God, through Jesus, has cleaned us. And some of you, maybe you need to do that today. He's cleansed us of all of our sins. He's cleansed us of everything that separates us from God. So that we can be the dwelling place of God. So that God goes with us. His presence goes with us. And we see pictures of this, of people whose God's presence went, went with them. And it changed everything in their life. Think of Joseph. We see Joseph going through all these difficulties, prison and betrayal and, and all these challenges. And at the end, he ends up coming out on top. Why? Because it says the Lord was with him. The Lord was in him. He was into God. God was into him. He was unstoppable. No matter what happened. Because God had a plan for his life. Because he belonged to God. Because he aligned himself and said, God... I could sit here and complain about being betrayed and going to prison and all these things happening. Or I could trust that you're bigger than all these things. All these things have happened to me. 
Trust that you've got a bigger plan, it's that you're going to be good. And that's really what this psalm is pointing to. Let's take a look. Here it says, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So, because God is turning all things for good, because God is the one thing that he can focus on, you know, he had to make a choice. We have to make a choice. You're going to focus on your problems, focus on God. You're going to focus on God. You're, you're going to say, God, you're bigger. You're going to answer this. You're going to lead me. Or you're going to focus on your problems. And once you focus on God, he will take care of things. And, and, then, and even before he takes care of things, even before he takes care of things, guess what? In faith, you can, you can offer a sacrifice of praise. You can start praising him, but you surely will praise him because he won't let you down. Is it possible for God to let you down? Is it possible for the God of the Bible, the God who's revealed himself in specific terms and promises? See, God is the only one in the whole universe who can make a promise and keep it every time. Because only someone who's all-powerful, all-knowing, completely loving and pure in his heart, can make a promise to someone and keep it every single time. Isn't that true? You and I, we can't do that. We, we could want to do that. But we're not capable. We're, we're fallible. We're, we're, things happen to us. We make a promise and then there's times we can't keep it. Because we're not able to see everything. We're not able to have all the energy and resource. But God can. And we got to remember that. I remember we were in India. We just moved there. And my wife just found out she was pregnant on the way over. And she was really sick. And uh, sick from the pregnancy, sick from being sick. And uh, we couldn't find a place to, to stay. We were living in a, in a guest house. And it was 108 degrees. And, you know, I had a, I had a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-year-old. And, uh, you know, they were going crazy. And half of them were sick. And, and it was monsoon season, so it was, you know, raining like crazy. And we were driving around trying to find a place to live. And it was, it was getting pretty crazy. My parents were there, and we were just so thankful. They were helping us. But they had to leave. And it got down to, like, the last day. Literally the last day. And we had a little prayer time with my parents. And my dad, you know, I was kind of moping around, kind of just, like, defeated. And like, man, because there were just people that rejected us for, for religious reasons and other reasons. People didn't want us to live in their houses or apartments. And we felt some discrimination, you know, some persecution. And we were just kind of discouraged. And, and uh, finally my dad says to me, he says, Brad, you got to remember something. God has never let anyone down in the whole history of humanity. He has never let anyone down. He's never failed someone. Ever. You'd be the first one. You'd be the very first one. Do you realize that? It's not going to happen. He's going to come through. Let's just spend some time praising him. Let's just spend some time thinking about him. How awesome he is. Let's give this to him. Really give it to him. For the 30th time. But, but you know, let's spend some time actually praising. And we did. We just kind of did that. And it was such a release for my wife and I. We just, we came away from that time of praise. Just going, yeah. The Lord is going to come through. And you know what? The day that they were leaving, the next day. We got a guy just, just walking distance from the guest house. 
we'd gone and saw this place. God reminded us. We went back over there, and the guy gave us a great deal. It was the perfect place. It was literally at the end. It was on the same dead-end street as the storage unit we had gotten that had flooded full of water. <laughs> now, now, what was cool is that we, we kind of figured out this was going to happen, even though the guy said it never floods. He was, he was lying to us. But people, people that live in that building say, oh, yeah, it floods every time it rains. We were like, ah, it's great working with these, these people. It's great, you know. Um, and it did, but God just kind of helped us to realize that was going to happen. And um, we went down there and we put everything up on little supports. And it was, it was about eight inches of water. And it would have ruined a lot of our stuff. There was only one tote that got ruined. And it was a tote accidentally put in to the container that belonged to my brother. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's a missionary in France. And he left something back at my parents' house. And so, you know, unfortunately his stuff got ruined. All my stuff was fine. Um, <laughs> but, but it was God. It was God, you know. I mean, think about that. Whole truckload of stuff. One thing gets ruined and it's not mine. And God was like, hey, I didn't let you down. I got you. And then the next day, we moved everything out into the new place. And that day, it didn't rain, and we got everything in, and it was just like, boom, boom, boom. Last minute, my mom got to see it. And, you know, moms are that way. They need to see it, right? Where are my ba- grandbabies living? Where, you know? <clears throat> and, uh, and it was just everything. And we just praised God, and He took care of us. And He's going to do the same for every single one of you. But you know what? The only way you're going to stay in that place of confidence is if you seek one thing every day and get back to that one thing. And right now, here's, here's what David does. He gives us an example of what that looks like. Okay? Here's what he says. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and be gracious to me and answer me. So he cries to God. He's just transparent. Some of you, you need to get to a place where you can actually talk out loud. With God. You need that sometimes. I used to go to the bathroom and turn on the fan because it was really loud when I was growing up. And I would just lock the door. It was one of the few doors inside the house that had a lock, right? And, uh, you know, not many people needed the bathroom at certain times during the day. I would have, I'd be on the throne. I'd be in the throne room (laughs) on the throne, okay? And God and I had some amazing conversations um, in the shower. I would sing sometimes. You know, I'm just look for ways where you can really get real with God. He's a real person. You know, don't be too spiritual. Just get real. Be relational. And cry out to God and say, God, hear my voice. God, be gracious to me. And here's what God tells you. He says to David, he says to us, this is his experience he's sharing with you. Uh, I started crying out to the Lord and then, and then he said to me, God actually speaks to us. He said, seek my face. And my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Okay? God says, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. God shows up. That's the thing. It's the word of God. It's saying, this is, this is the experience. This is the model. This is what you should expect. When you're worried, when you got all these things, you're crying out. What does God say to you? Seek my face. Focus on me. Let me be big again. I'll take care of these things. They're small to me. They're nothing to me. Will you just stop your worrying and everything and just come back to look at me? Because I, I, I'm, I'm capable. 
I created this whole universe out of nothing. I'm capable. I know everything. I'm everywhere. Get back to me. And then David, what does he do? What's his response? What's he modeling for us? Your face I see, God. I just, I just put those things aside. Sometimes I just write a list of everything I'm worried about. Okay, this is just what I do. I just put it all down. Okay, that's how I kind of let go of that. And then I try to focus on God. You might need to do the same thing. Because sometimes you got a lot of stuff. If you're doing this in the morning, you got a lot of stuff to deal with. You need to kind of write everything out. Because it's going to keep coming back and distracting you. And just get it down. And then just say, God, I want to spend time focusing on you. So I can put this where it needs to be. Okay? And so David's doing that. He's seeking God. My face, the Lord, used to seek. Do not hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. There's a, there's a moment here of confession. Don't be angry with me, God. Forgive me. Don't hold anything against me. And you know what? If you have put your faith in Christ, God says, yeah, that's already been done. My anger I took out on Jesus on the cross in your place. Yeah, your sin messed up a lot of stuff. It hurts God. Our sin caused death. Do you think God likes to see people die? My uncle died two weeks ago. And you know what? It just, you know, I I don't like that. We weren't made for death. And it hurts God's heart because he sees the suffering that our sin has caused. We brought a death curse, an evil curse to the creation. And you know, God deserves to be angry. But the Bible tells us that we can allow God to take out the anger we deserve and put it on Christ in our place. He's our substitute. That's the good news is that Jesus takes all the wrath of God in our place. And he's done that for you and me. And I'm going to give you a chance to receive that as we close today. So David says, you've been the God of my salvation. My father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. My father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. And so, here David is just saying, hey, God's taking me up even though others have let me down. People have let us down. And sometimes, you know, the church has let you down. Um, You know, you've let yourself down. But that doesn't limit God. God's bigger than all those things that you've done, that others have done. And, And you know what? He just declares that. He just kind of has this revelation. Even though these people let me down, God, I'm not going to let that be an excuse. I'm not going to let myself be entitled to, to, be, to give up, to be lazy, to be stuck. What does he say? He says, but you, Lord, will take me up. So God takes him up. God kind of becomes his parent. God becomes his rescuer, his restorer, his redeemer. God's your redeemer. He can redeem every bad thing that's happened to you. That's what he's saying. Hey, my parents abandoned me. These bad things happened to me. But God took me up. Are you going to let God take you up today? When God takes you up, then, then, then you can say to him, God, because you're taking responsibility for my life, will you teach me your way, O oh Lord? Will you lead me on a level path? And then he says, why? Because my foes do not deliver me over desires of my adversaries. False witnesses risen against me. They speak violence against me. And so, because you belong to God, your enemies are God's enemies. And your enemies aren't people. The Bible says your greatest enemy is yourself, your flesh, your own desires. But God can conquer that. He's bigger than that. He can give you victory over the things that have trapped you and kept you held down. And your second enemy is spiritual forces of this present darkness. There are demons. There is a devil. 
And he is the one behind what people do against us. The Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against those forces. So if somebody is your adversary, someone doesn't like you, someone is just, you know, not nice to you, you got to look beyond them. See the real enemy that's got them held captive to do his will. And then you got to remember that God is bigger than that enemy. God can even change their life. I've seen God change people's lives that I've prayed for, that I've said, God, deliver them from their enemies because it's my enemy too. And God has done it. And he's saying here, he is able to deliver from the enemy. And he says here, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Our greatest enemy oftentimes is we lose hope. We go, I don't know if my marriage will ever become healthy and vibrant. I don't know if I'll ever change these things about me that seem to kind of hold me down from being the person I really want to be. I don't know if, you know, these things will work out. My finances, my health. I mean, there's so many things, right? But here, God is telling you something. Don't lose hope. He, you will see the goodness of the Lord if you cling to him. If you seek him every day, you keep him big, these things small, you can have absolute confidence that God will show you his goodness in the land of the living. Why you're still living, why you're still alive. It'll be in God's way, God's timing. I could tell you story after story, but he knows better than you. The first step to having this kind of relationship with God is to humble yourself. And recognize, God, I'm sorry, I've been telling you how to do things. I've been telling you how to help me. I've been telling you how to be God. I humble myself. As the worship team comes up, we want to close with a time of communion and worship and give you a chance to respond. And what we're going to do is we are going to, as it says here in the very final verse, wait on the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. And so, as a matter of response, we've been talking about how God is enough. And because of Jesus, God promises to be enough for you and to take up your life and to teach you and lead you. And what's your part? Your part is to surrender. Your part is to be humble and say, God, I'm sorry I've been looking to other things or I've given up altogether. I've just been... Spending my extra time on social media or games or other, you know, trying to look good on the outside and neglecting my inside. I've been, I've been going into my days empty, trusting myself. And God, I want to come back to spending time with you every day. I want to come back to making you the, the one thing that I want to do each day. I'm going to let other things go. I'm going to start putting you back in the center. And, and maybe that starts if you don't know. God in a saving way, if he's not your salvation, then right now, I'm going to pray and invite you in. And it could be a prayer for the first time or it could be a prayer of rededication to realign yourself with God. So let's pray. God, you can just, just say it in your own words, but just say, God, I'm sorry. I've been living on my own terms in my own strength. God, I'm sorry I've been trusting and relying on other things in myself aside from you. And, and God, it's made me 
um, neglect and reject you at times, accuse you at times. And God, I'm sorry. God, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against others. And I turn from reliance on myself. And I turn to you, God. Say, God, I turn to you, God. Be my salvation. Be my deliverer. You sent Jesus to die. I confess with my mouth that Jesus died on the cross and rose again to take my sins, to make me clean so you could come live in me. God, I believe in Jesus. I put my trust in Jesus. God, I reaffirm that if you sent Jesus for me, your own son, to take your anger on my place, then surely I can trust you with my whole life. You surely love me and want me to be your child. So today, God, I just realign myself. I'm yours. You will take me up. God, you will take care of things. You're bigger than all my problems. Just say, God, I want to get back to the one thing of you in my life. Would you be the one thing in my day, each day? Would you, would you help me to come to you each day? To get back to being for you and being with you each day because you're for me, you're with me because you promised to take care of me. Would you be my one thing, God? Thank you, God. I can trust you. Amen. Amen.